tonight we are starting a new series um, in 2 Peter. So our reading this evening um, is found in 2 Peter chapter 1, and it's verses 1 to 11. And it can be found on page um, 1222 in the Church Bibles. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Saviour Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Nicola. Hello. Um, it would be great if we had that passage open in front of us. So if you haven't got it, please could you look for it? It's on page 1222. 1222, 1222. It'd uh, be great if we had that in front of us. Yes, we're looking at 2 Peter together, and uh, you see the slide up there. It says um, what, the, what the, whole t- the whole letter is called. We're calling it, right at the top of the screen there, Godly Living in a Godless World. If you've become a Christian, if you put your trust in Jesus, you believe he died on the cross for your sins, then you want to live for God. But that's not always easy, because the world wants to live as if there isn't a God. People might believe in God, but people often live as if God wasn't there. It's hard to live in a godless world. And Peter's written this letter because he wants to help us to live in a godly way with God at the center of everything in a godless world. That's important, isn't it? Yeah, there are at least three people nodding. That's very encouraging. Thank you. So this is a really important letter this, this letter is about how we can grow as Christians, how we can get to know Jesus better. And this first passage, which is chapter 1, verses 1 to 11, that Nicola just read to us, uh, it's called, We Know That Growing Matters. Growing as a Christian really matters. Let's just pray together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we have your word in our hands. Please take our lives into your hands and speak into them. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, 
just I'll have to go quite quickly. Have a look at the first two verses there. It's the introduction to the whole letter. There's something there about Peter. There's something there about Jesus. And there's something there about Christians. And if you look, you'll see that they're there. They're great. They're important. Please have the passage open in front of you, or this may not make sense. Great. Firstly, something about Peter. Look at verse 1. He's a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter is the disciple who said three times about Jesus, I don't know him. I don't know who you're talking about. He let Jesus down. He made a mess. But Peter is saying, I'm a servant and an apostle of Jesus. I serve Jesus and I'm an apostle. I'm bringing Jesus' word, Jesus' message With the word apostle, Peter is claiming that this letter that he's writing is actually a message, a letter from Jesus. That's Peter, servant and apostle. Look at what it says about Jesus in verse 1. To those who through the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Jesus is our God and Saviour. Two things about Jesus. He's our God. He's the eternal Son of God. And he is our Saviour. He died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. Wow, hallelujah. So there's something about Peter, something about Jesus, and something about Christians. A Christian is someone who is a miracle. Just have a look in the middle of verse, or the end of verse one there. Uh, We are people, Christians are people who have received a faith as precious as Peter's faith. We've received a faith. When you became a Christian, it wasn't something that you achieved. When you decided you were going to turn from your sins and trust Jesus, it wasn't something that you achieved. It was something God did in you. You received this faith. God did a miracle in you. You are a miracle if you are a truster in Jesus. If the person you are sitting next to is a Christian and you want to see what a miracle looks like, Just turn and look at the person next to you and you will see what a miracle looks like. And people are looking incredibly impressed and excited, you can tell. So that's the introduction to the whole letter. The letter is going to help us to grow as believers so we can live godly lives in a godless world. Okay, let's now look at verses 3 to 11. Firstly, in verses 3 and 4... Why growth is important. Why growth is important. A growth is important because God doesn't want us to stay the same. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside you, and he wants to make you different. He wants to help you change. So you become more like Jesus. That's why growth is important. I mean, when a baby comes into the world, there's something wrong if that baby stays a baby, isn't there? the baby grows up and becomes a little boy or a little girl. And the little boy or the little girl grows up to become a a, a, a man or a woman. We grow. Well, we need to grow as Christians as well. When we put our trust in Jesus, we need to grow. So it's important. And growing is important because God has given us something so that we can grow. Have a look at at what he's given us. First of all, he's given us his power, verse 3. God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge 
of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. His power has given us all we need. That's talking about the Holy Spirit living inside us. When you became a Christian, you put your trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit came to live inside you. If you're a truster in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is living inside you now. Whether you feel him or not, he's there. His power is in you. And it's power to help you to change, power to help you to grow. But there's not just God's power there in verse 3. There's also God's promises in verse 4. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. That's not about us becoming God. It means it's we're becoming more like God. We participate in the divine nature. We become more like God. We become more like Jesus. And God gives us his promises. There it is at the beginning of verse 4. Now, where do you find God's power? You find it in God's spirit. Where do you find God's promises? You find it in God's word. God has given us his spirit and his word. He's given us the Holy Spirit living inside us, and he's given us the Bible. We have his power from the spirit. We have his promises in the Bible. And Peter is saying in verses 3 and 4, those things are there, those two things are there, the Spirit's power and the Bible's promises to help us to grow. Wow. I could almost become enthusiastic about this. I think it's wonderful that God has given us his power and his promises. He's given us his Spirit and his Word. So that's why growth is important. That's why it's, it's important that we keep growing because God wants us to grow. He wants us not to stay the same as we are. I, I just need to say something here. You may, you may have been a Christian for a few months or a few years, and you may be thinking, well, I haven't grown very much. This is not a sermon designed to make you beat yourself up and make you feel bad about yourself. Absolutely not. You are different from the way you were when you first became a Christian. God has been working in your life. It's a sermon and it's a passage to encourage us to keep wanting to grow. Okay? So this is not to make us feel, I'm hopeless, I'm a failure. This is a Bible passage to make us say, hey, I want to grow. But you may be thinking, well, how do I grow? Okay, I've got his power and his promises his spirit and his word. But what does growth look like? Well, that's what verses 5 to 7 are about. So secondly, what growth looks like. Have a look at verses 5, 6, and 7. What Peter does here, he starts with faith, which is what every Christian has. A Christian is someone who has faith in Jesus, who trusts in Jesus. And then Peter says there are seven things that will help show us that we're growing. It will show us that we're not staying the same as we are. We are growing in all these things. And here they are. If you just follow them in verses 5, 6, and 7, you'll see there are seven things there. And I'm going to explain what each of those seven things is. They're great. They're really great. The first one is goodness. That's in verse 5. Uh, that doesn't mean that you're perfect. 
But can you, can you think of any Christians that you know, there is a, there is a goodness about them. They are good people. It does, they're not perfect, but they are good people. They want to live for God. Goodness. The second thing, it's also in verse 5, is knowledge. Knowing our faith. Knowing the truth. And we find we, we know the truth when we go to the Bible. I hope that you're going to stick around for this 2 Peter series. It Wouldn't it be great if at the end of this 2 Peter series, some of us here said, wow, I think I really have kind of got under, I understand 2 Peter. I'm excited about 2 Peter. Because I think most Christians don't know 2 Peter at all. If you're thinking that, you've got something in common with me. Before I got to know 2 Peter, I didn't know 2 Peter at all. Wouldn't it be great if we got to know books of the Bible? Knowledge. So there's goodness, there's knowledge. Then in verse 6, there's self-control. There at the beginning of verse 6. Self-control is not giving in to things. Self-control is not giving in to, I don't know, too much alcohol or internet porn or something else that we know to be wrong. Self-control is saying, I'm going to say no to stuff that's wrong. Self-control. The next one is perseverance. Uh, That's also in verse 6. Perseverance is not giving up. And I am somebody who naturally feels like giving up sometimes. When I'm a bit down, when someone has kind of laughed at me because I'm a Christian or because I go to church, I sometimes think, oh dear, and it's tempting to give up following Jesus. Well, perseverance means I'm not going to give up. Self-control means I'm not going to give in to sin. Perseverance means I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep following Jesus. Aren't these great qualities? Are you you hearing them? Are you thinking you'd like them to be yours too? Goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance. The next one is godliness. That's in verse uh, 6 as well. Godliness is consciously living in the presence of God. Godliness is not just believing that God's there. Lots of people believe that God is there. Godliness is consciously living in his presence. You can, at this precise moment, while you're listening to me say this sentence, you can be lifting your heart to God. And you can be saying, thank you that you're here. That is godliness. Godliness is doing that more and more in our lives, living consciously in the presence of God. Can I do this? Goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness. The next one is mutual affection. That's in verse uh, 7. That's a really strange expression. It's just a way of saying it's Christians loving one another. That's the word. It's Christians loving one another. It's me deciding that I want to do you good. It's you deciding after the service, I want to encourage someone. I want to show other people that I respect them, that I honor them, 
that I value them. That is mutual affection. And you know that's great when, you, when someone's talking to you and you realize this person actually respects me. Isn't that great feeling? Well, we can do it to one another. That's mutual affection. And the seventh one in the list is love. That means loving not just Christians, it means loving everybody, loving your neighbor, loving your work colleague, loving whoever. Showing people that you respect them and honor them and love them. So this is what growth looks like. These seven things growing in our lives. Now, this doesn't mean you start with goodness, and when you've got goodness sorted, then you go on to knowledge. No, it means all these seven things can be growing at the same time. Because if you wait till you've got goodness sorted, you'll never start on knowledge. So it's all seven things. And it's saying to God, I want to pray that these seven things will grow in me. It may even be asking a friend to pray that these seven things will grow in you. Wouldn't that be great? You could do a deal with somebody after the service and say, let's pray that for one another this week. I will try and remember to pray every day for you that these seven things will grow in your life. Goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. They're beautiful characteristics, aren't they? I mean, they're like a photo of Jesus. Well, they can also be a photo of you. Wouldn't that be great? If people read that list or heard that list and said, hey, that reminds me of you, that person. Doesn't mean that you're talking about other people as being perfect. No, we're all growing, we're all growing. But it just means people see these things in us. I, I was um, uh, visiting a student once in uh, university, and um, I wanted to, he was a Christian student, and he shared a flat with a, a student who wasn't a Christian. And I went and I rang the bell, and the, the guy who wasn't a Christian opened the door, and the Christian wasn't there. So I said, oh, don't worry, I'll come back another time. And he said, no, come in, I'll give you a cup of coffee. So I went in, and I had a cup of coffee with him. And he knew I was there to visit the Christian group, the Christian Union, on campus. So we're chatting about the usual stuff. What do you study? Where do you come from? What's your favorite color? No, we didn't do favorite color. But where do you come from? What do you study? That kind of thing. And then I said to him, um, what's it like sharing a, sharing a flat with Glenn? This Christian guy was called Glenn. And he said, oh, it's awful. I said, oh, wow, is that because he keeps sort of pushing Jesus at you, trying to convert you? And he said, no, no, no. He tried to do that at the beginning, and I asked him not to do that. Um, and he's really respected that, and it's fine. So I said, well, why is it awful sharing a flat with him? And he said, well, I can't see him walk down the street without being reminded of Jesus. Now, Glenn didn't wear long white robes and sandals, but there was something about Glenn that made his friend think of Jesus. Wouldn't that be great if people looked at your life and my life and thought, wow, it's a bit like Jesus. 
is there one of these seven things that the Holy Spirit is now speaking to you about particularly? You want to ask God to help that to grow in your life. I'll just say the list again. Think about which one particularly you want to pray for, but you can pray for all of them. Here they come. Goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. Now, how can those things grow in us? How can we become more and more like that? Well, we can because God's power and God's promises are given to us. God's power, the Holy Spirit. God's promises in the Bible. It doesn't just mean we sit back, though. Look, do you, see, do you remember at the beginning of verse 5? It says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith these, these things. It means I'm going, to, I'm going to do things. I'm going to try and live this way, trusting in God to help me and to change me. I'm interested to see what's going to happen to me this week because I'm going to pray through this list and ask God that this list, these characteristics, these seven things would grow in me. Wouldn't it be great if they grew in all of us who are trusters in Jesus? why growth is important, what growth looks like, and now thirdly, in verses 8 to 11, what growth leads to. What growth leads to. There's a warning in verse 9. Whoever does not have these seven things is short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. If we're not growing in these things, if we're not interested in those things, if you're sitting there thinking, I'm not interested in goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love, not interested, then you've forgotten what Jesus did for you. That's what verse 9 is saying. But if you remember what Jesus has done for you, wow, you'll want these things to grow in you. Here are three things that will be true of you. If you, if you go for these seven things, if you ask God to do these things in your life. Firstly, this will lead to fruit. Uh, verse 8, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There'll be fruit. There'll be people whose lives are touched. It's very, very important that people see that we're that we're following Jesus, that they see it. People often, often, I would say always, need to see the gospel before they can hear the gospel. They need to see the gospel before they can hear the gospel, and they see the gospel in the life of Christians. So fruit, that would be great, wouldn't it, if somebody's life was touched through you? Second result of growing is stability. Second half of verse 10, if you do these things, you will never stumble. There are tough things sometimes in life which we don't understand, things, prayers that God doesn't seem to have answered, and it's very hard sometimes, and sometimes it's easy to stumble or to wobble or to fall over as a Christian. But actually, if I'm growing, then I'm going to be stable. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to give up. Fruit, 
stability. And the third result, I love this, is joy. And that's in verse 11. Verse 11, you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's talking about what's going to happen to me when I die. When I die, I'm going to see Jesus. Every Christian will be welcomed by Jesus when we die. But if you've been a growing Christian, this is the last time I'm going to do this, if you've been a growing Christian, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love, I did it, then you will get a rich welcome. You will receive so much joy. You will experience so much joy when you see Jesus face to face. And all of these things confirm that we really are Christians. If I'm not changing, if I'm not growing, then maybe I'm not a Christian at all. That's what the beginning of verse 10 means. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. We confirm that. We, the evidence that I'm a real Christian, I'm the real thing, is that I'm growing in these seven areas. Oh, doesn't that make you want to pray? I hope it does. It does. 